Arjuna understands that despite having darshan of Bhagavan, darshan means sight of Bhagavan, because of a certain blessing, despite having a special sight of Bhagavan, He still continues to be same old, same old. <laughs> Pun intended. Same old. <laughs> same old. Nothing has changed. Why? Because that Bhagavan, when it is objectified, also becomes an experience which is finite, like every other experience, including Kundalini. <laughs> Or as they say in this country, Kundalini, as though it's some kind of a pasta. <laughs> it goes up, it comes down, etc., etc. We are not interested in that which goes up and that which comes down. We are not interested in an experience, even a spiritual experience. Because when you have a spiritual experience, what happens? It goes. Arjuna had a lovely spiritual, well, maybe not so lovely. <laughs> spiritual experience. What happened? It, became, it came to an end. The human heart yearns for that which does not come to an end. There's only one such thing, and that is you. So therefore, now the, the teaching is going to pivot one more time. Verses 1 to 6, Vam Pada Vichara, an inquiry into the word you. Verses 7 to 12. Tat Pada Vichara, an inquiry into that which is Brahman, Ishvara, God. What else is left? Ah, so, Tat is covered, Tam is covered. What is left? Ah. 13 to 18, Asi Pada Vichara. Asi means you are, not you will become in some distant day. Or not something you were and then you stopped being. You are. Despite the ignorance, despite everything, you are. What is it that you are? And how to be the Ishvara you want to see? That is the subject matter from 13 to 80. This is the subject matter. 
verse number 13 starts off with a very important reminder which is the cause of what we call samsara suffering pain sorrow and what is the cause of samsara mixing up the observer and the observed thinking that the observer i who is free who is whole who is who has no complexes whose essential nature is like that comes it whose essential nature is free all kinds of complexes fears etc that person this person is getting mixed up this person is getting mixed up in what in everything that is seen everything that is heard and this mix up is the cause of sorrow therefore the 13th chapter is called kshetra kshetragya vibhaga yoga yoga means title here not an asana kshetra field kshetragya kshetram janati iti so the one who knows the field this is how it is talked about and if you translate it says the the field and the knower of the field and it makes no sense at all what is this field what is this knower knower of the field field just means that which like a field you can see you can walk on you can look at you can admire knower of that field means the objectifier the observer who one forgets can never be observed drigeva natu drishyate in a different context so the knower of the field and the field is there is a certain enmeshment on account of self ignorance one thinks oneself to be as good as the house nobody says me house it's always my house until there is a crack okay <laughs> yeah the crack on the walls on the roof feels like a crack in the head and one takes it all personally one takes the spouse personally one takes everything personally this chapter serves to starts with delineating the field and the knower of the field where does the distinction of the field and the knower of the field start where does it end starts with the body the body is the knower of the field right no body is this is how we confuse this is, this is me this is as good as i am so the body is where the i notion resides and that according to lord krishna is all terribly wrong not just little bit wrong but terribly wrong 
the I has to reside with the truth of the universe, which, with the cause of the universe, Ishvara, the body is just a field. It's a vehicle where one climbs in to go for a ride. And what is the body, the vehicle for? Moksha, a destination called Moksha. So if you have a human body, it is Moksha Express. Because definitely it is an Adhikari Sharira. It's a body that is ready for this knowledge. Just by virtue of having a free will, just by virtue of being, uh, a being, a thinking uh, being, the one who can be taught, the one who can collect Shama, Dhamma and all the, uh, all the, what is that called? Qualifications needed for the knowledge. More about that soon. But for now, the chapter opens with a very, very uh, shocking revelation. Idam shariram kaunteya shetram iti abhidhiyate. This body, O Arjuna, is called the field. If this body is the field, who am I? And not only is this body the field, the one, he says, knows the difference between the field and the observer is indeed a person of knowledge. So that distinction must be well uh, entrenched, well assimilated, without which there is sorrow. And then he says, who am I? I am the knower of all bodies, all fields. And that is what this teaching is all about. Oh, but how to get these teachings? It sounds wonderful to say this body not I body or me body. <laughs> this body, it feels good to say. But then, how do I say it? What do I do? How can I, how can I understand this? The Bhagavad Gita is very brief, yet unequivocal in suggesting that if you understand, if you don't understand this, then you have to go back to school. What school? Elementary spiritual school. <laughs> Go back to the qualifications that one needs for Vedan. Oh, but what are they? I don't want to look behind. Where are they? What is... Lord uh, Krishna says, don't worry, I'll list them right here. Amanitvam adam vitvam ahimsa kshantirarjavam acharyo pasanam shaucham sthairyam atma vinigraha indriyarthesh vairagyam anahankara evacha janma mrityu charaj Vyadi Dukha Doshanu Darshanam Asaktirana Bhirshwangaha Putradar Gurhadishu Nityancha Samachitatpa Mishtanishtosh Papatishu Maichananya Yogena Bhaktiravya Vicharini Vivikta Samsadi Adhyatma Jnana Nityatpam Tattva Jnana No Saranam Eta Jnanam Itiproktam Agnyanam atho anyatha. Twenty qualities, values, attitudes, 
one has to inculcate. Why? In order to know uh, the difference between Kshetra uh, and Kshetragya and to stop confusing the two. We'll spend a little time on these qualities because Manitvam 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 means a kind of a rightful pride in one's abilities. I can sing well, let us say. So what do I do? I look around <laughs> and sing and look for validation and then point out to people, I composed this song and you know that one, that one also I composed. And yes, I have a gig tomorrow. And then day after tomorrow, <laughs> I'm getting an award. None of this is untrue. It's all true. It's all happening. But the person does not stop pointing that out repeatedly. This is called manitvam. And the lack of that is amanitvam. That is what it is. Amanit. That means that this kind of a pride, even it might be rightful. You are proud of your achievements. That itself comes in the way of the knowledge. Why? Because especially knowing the difference between kshetra, that which is an object, kshetragya, the observer. Why? Because when you are proud about your accomplishments and your achievements, guess what happens? You start to identify with it. That's why. So that which was a kshetra, your achievements, it's just a field, but that becomes the knower of the field, so to speak. It, there is an obfuscation. And all these are coming in the way of knowing oneself. And that's why these values and attitude need to be cultivated. Next one, Adam Vitvam. Gambha means being proud of one's accomplishments that one doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Once I went to inaugurate some, some temple inauguration was there. They invited me and they asked me to speak a few words. I was met by a gentleman who said, oh, you know, all these things I only organized. Said, really? That is not huge thing. Big things of flower decorations and malas everywhere and fruits and banana leaves and everything. I only organized. And they had given me a flyer about all the happenings that weekend and when I was going to talk. And then at the back of the flyer were the people on the committee, the organizing committee. So then I thought, let me place this gentleman. You know, he's talking so much and he says, you know, without me, then nothing happens. And they always call me and me and my wife. We always volunteer everywhere at all times. So I said, oh, what is your name? He said, well, I told them not to put it. <laughs> that should have been my first clue. I told them not to put the name. 
Because putting the name means what happens? I'll just get feel proud and I don't want to feel proud. And I hate to talk about myself. Only with you I'm talking. I don't know why I'm talking so much, but I really never talk about myself at all. I, out of all the people here, I'm the most humble. And... <laughs> So then I saw the organizers who I recognized who, who had invited me coming, uh, coming towards me to greet me. And then I thought, oh, I will praise him. So nice. He doesn't even want to be on the on the brochure. And he, he and his wife are doing so much work. So then I said, you know, this person is so wonderful. You have such good volunteers. And then the man said, who? By the time I had started to talk, the person pushed off. <laughs> Never saw him again. There's nothing to talk about still. There is hot air, empty talk, Adam Bhitvam. In uh, contemporary psychological parlance, it is called, there's a term for it, magical thinking. This is what it is. This is what is called magical thinking, not being in the present moment. You have already not only build castles in the air, but you have moved in <laughs> and named the castle after yourself. And so this is Bhitvam. I mean, Dambhita. And the lack of that is a Dambhitvam, which is important to cultivate. Ahimsa, non-injury, non-violence towards everything, anything that is alive. Because but anything that is alive is not kshetra. That's why we, we don't eat animals. It's not kshetra. It is kshetragya. It is as sentient as you are. It's not even, you know, even though we say, oh, this is a lower level of sense of sentient, who is going to decide what lower level? And how to decide? In... Uh, uh, in eating plants, also there is himsa. Little bit, but it is little less. In fact, recently we found out that uh, plants also talk. They were fitted with electrodes. And then they did an experiment uh, with tomato plants. And the tomato plants can get very, very angry. And when they are stressed out and angry, they go like this. They make a clicking tut, 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 tut sound as though like there's popcorn. Sometimes there's a clicking sound as though there's, you know, homemade popcorn popping. That kind of a sound. Like they did a cruel experiment. Uh, they dried out the tomato plant and took some water <laughs> back and forth without watering it. And uh, the plant wouldn't have it. It made a terrible sound. And uh, so like this, even the plants have this. But then we have to stop somewhere, somehow, because uh, un until the day we have uh, uh, you know, a pair of solar, until we start growing out of our head solar panels and are, are able to directly make food from the sun, we have to eat something. And so the cutoff point is, we eat things that do not run away from us. <laughs> if it has the ability to run away, don't eat. 
that is somehow that distinction is made generally speaking and so ahimsa and ahimsa is also towards other beings hurting people not just physically emotionally every single way ahimsa that is something to be cultivated and then comes shanti not shanti but shanti with a k in front of it shanti shanti means accommodation the whole world has to put up with you right yeah with all your idiosyncrasies with all your problems all the people in the world in your world at least have to put up with you so you return the favor by growing as in, into a person who is more and more and more accommodative shanti then arjavam arjavam means riju bhava there is a integrity there is an alignment between thought speech and deed action it's not that you think one thing and then you say something else and you do something completely different why because that causes an inner split like a fault lines of an earthquake so one is together as a person what you see is what you get what they think is what they say what they say is what they'll do many times people say i'll do this but then it's never done and so arjavam ahimsakshanti arjavam acharyopasanam upasana worshipful attitude towards who acharya acharya means teacher why should there be a worshipful attitude towards the teacher because the teacher uh, being one with the teachings then you are actually having the worshipful attitude towards the teaching and then since one relies on the teacher for the knowledge there is worshipful attitude towards the teacher the knowledge is teacher centric and so therefore there is a worshipful attitude towards the teacher this is called shraddha respect trust devotion shaucham cleanliness the pandemic has made us all into slobs we have forgotten how to dress also because for zoom calls you only need to be dressed up till here <laughs> only till here after that you need not wear anything or you can can be in your jammies doesn't matter <laughs> and we have had some very interesting things where uh, those videos have gone viral <laughs> the person is wearing a tie and everything and then shorts <laughs> and the webcam slipped and the webcam slipped and fell okkar please sit webcam slipped and fell and revealed more than the shastra <laughs> shaucha is outer cleanliness which is actually a, a, an act of social service 
You know why? So that other people can be around you, even though you haven't, you know, even though you, 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 other people can be around you and they cannot be around you if you haven't brushed your teeth. So it's an act of social service. Chow chow also is important because when you clean the body, there is some, uh, you know, when you keep the body clean, then there is a kind of keep your surroundings clean. I mean, sometimes, yes, everybody gets messy. People are working hard. Stuff is not put away. It's okay on occasion. But sometimes people have to you know, call the authorities uh, in order to find something. That is when we are in trouble. It's a particular kind of a, uh, it's a difficult situation because when, when the body is untidy, when the surroundings are untidy, it does not uh, engender the desire to study. There is no feeling of self-love because there is some disconnect there. So one keeps the surroundings tidy, one keeps the person tidy. And it's an important way to participate in your life and find it meaningful. And that meaningfulness translates into a finding the Shastra also equally meaningful. Shaucham. So outer Shaucham helps one to have inner Shaucham. For the body, to clean the body, there is soap. To clean the floor, there is some, some products will be there, soap and other things, baking soda and other things. And then what about the heart, the antakarana? What about the mind? What about the emotions? That soap is called mantra. <laughs> Om Namah Shivaya, it's called. That is the brand. Om Namah Shivaya. <laughs> Like Lux, Dove. <laughs> yeah. Om Namah Shivaya Bar. Okay. Om Namah Shivaya Gel. Why gel? Because it has to gel into you nicely. You have to be meditative. So this, the mantra is the soap for the antakarna. And what does the mantra do? It helps to cleanse out the inner mala. Mala means dirt. What is the dirt? Huh? Yes. If you're studying Gita, Ragadvesha is the answer to most questions I ask. Ragadvesha. Kama, Krodha. Unbridled desires, unmanaged anger, fear. Greed, avarice, guilt, hurt, regret, delusion, all these things. This is the inner build-up. Just like the outer build-up has to be, uh, you know, what should I, what is that word? Loofard out, <laughs> scrubbed out. <laughs> the inner build-up also has to be scrubbed with the mantra. The mantra is the soul. But what is the connection between mantra and anger? Try it. See what happens. Because 
you're giving the mind a job to do. You say, you are just having thoughts that are running away with you. You tell the mind, now listen to me and think this particular thought. Okay, the mind says, I will oblige. What thought should I think? Om Namah Shivaya. Okay, been there, done that. Next, Om Namah Shivaya. What? Again? Om Namah Shivaya. Thought number four? No. Don't say Raga Dosa. What is thought number four? What is thought number five? What is thought number six? No. Thought number six is, is anything happening? <laughs> then you bring it back. Thought number seven, back to Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. So after a while, what happens? The mind is listening to you. Usually what is the case? You are listening to the mind. You are the slave of the mind. Now the mind is what is listening to you. This is just wonderful. Mind is listening to you. That means that once you have what is called Japa Siddhi, Japa Siddhi means accomplishment of Japa. Ooh, when does that happen? When you can sit and meditate for 48 minutes at a stretch without forcing it, without faking it. You sit and meditate for 48 hours. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> minutes for a stretch. <laughs> that is, yes. That is what is called Japa Siddhi. Then you can give the mantra to others. When you have this Japa Siddhi, then even when you're not in meditation, you are still having a say over the ways of your mind. The mind still behaves like a servant like a butler. What do you need, sir? <laughs> what do you need, ma'am? What can I get you? What can I do now? Rather than I have to think these horrid thoughts and I'm going to pull you down with me, which is how the state of the mind is all the time. So therefore, shaucham. Then sthairyam. Sthairyam is developing a developing a kind of a resolve. That resolve is called sthairiyam. Usually what happens is that the mind is wavery. What shall I do now? Maybe I'll do this. No, that won't work. Maybe I'll get a job. No, why should I bother? Maybe I'll get married. What's the connection? <laughs> If you want to get married, better have a job. <laughs> but this is how the mind that is aspira, wavery, works or doesn't work. Because it is what it is. Maybe I'll have a job. No, 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 maybe I'll marry. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll go here. No, 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 maybe I'll go there. Maybe I want this. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, but what if I get this? And then I miss that. Mm. This is called FOMO. What is FOMO? 
fear of missing out. So that's why one hoards all kinds of things. Just think back in those days where you had to actually buy a reel of film, a roll of film to put in your camera to take pictures. Then every picture would be carefully chosen. One was mindful. One would say, okay, I really, okay, there are 12 photos in this reel. <laughs> and I have to decide which, what I'm going to do, especially if I have to cover uh, a thread ceremony, a wedding or a party or some kind of a spiritual satsang, doesn't matter. Okay, I'll take a few in the beginning, a couple in the middle, and then some at the end. Oh, and then people may want group photos, but we have to save four or five for that. This all planning has to be there. And a kind of a mindfulness has to be there. And now, what is there? One is trigger happy. I know this because I have to sometimes stand and sit for group photos. <laughs> I stand. And then I smile again. Please smile. Okay, it's done. No, 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 no. Because the person outside has to then come in and then somebody else has to go out and then that's also not enough. Then some poor hapless stranger is, is, is caught hold of and handed the camera. And by the time all this happened, the camera locks itself. And then you have to go and unlock the camera and do something, something like this, like this. And then you, you give it to them. People think, I think I don't notice. <laughs> you have 20 photos, you have not even time to look at one. Yeah. This is the thing. This is what is called <laughs> lack of the next quality Atma Vinigraha. <laughs> A kind of a restraint, a mindful restraint, not just getting carried away, mindful restraint. Atma minigraha. And the next one is vairagyam. For what? Indriya artesha. Artha means the objects. Indriya, sense organs. Artha, sense objects. So with regard to the objects that delight the senses, a certain kind of a little bit of a space. Sit far away from the dessert. Okay. Yeah. To start with, that's a very good discipline. Because then you have to ask them, can you please pass that? And then there will be so many people. You look here, you look there, you feel shy. You don't want to ask them. You just want that cake to come and be one with you. <laughs> but if you're far away, that is what it means. First, you have to have a physical distance, but that's not what the Bhagavad Gita talks about. The physical distance leads to a next level, a mental distance. Even though it's right here, 
you say, I don't want it. It can remain here. Even animals can be trained to do that. You tell the dog, sit, don't eat. And then you go away. And then it'll look like this. It'll look like this. But many of them are very well trained. They won't eat. They will salivate, but they will not eat. So it's this kind of a training. Indriyarthesha vairagyam. Vairagyam. Because you may think, what is, why do you keep giving these chocolate cake metaphors and these examples? Chocolate cake is so harmless. That's what it is. The most harmless looking things get under the skin. Harmless? No. Yes, it is just an object and it is, it is an object of delight. And if it is looked upon objectively, there is nothing wrong. But the subjectivity creeps in. And very soon, without this, I am nobody. I really need this in order to be happy. It grows a dependency. Whether it's with the thing, a person, and a situation, whatever it might be. So that is the, that is Indriyartheshu uh, Vairagyam. Anahankara. Ahankara? Ego, I notion, not just I notion. Ahankara here means the I notion connected with the feeling that I am an agent of action and I am a recipient of the results of action, mine and others. Anahankara means it is not in that place at all. And the way to do it is attribute everything to God, Ishvara. Give everything over to Bhagavan. That's why this is something inculcated in our culture. In India, you go to somebody's house or you go to an Indian person's house here. And then what will happen? You praise their house. Oh, what a wonderful house. They will say God's grace, Guru's grace. You praise their cooking. They'll be feeling very happy inside. But they'll say, oh, God's grace. This is the this is the idea. You you just do not take on both the difficulties and the delights of the ahankara. You just allow it to belong to Ishvara. You don't take ownership of the ahankara. The ahankara itself is a manifestation of Ishvara, belongs to Ishvara. And you are just there enjoying it. And that is what anahankara evacha. Then the next one is a long one. Janjaravyadhi dukkha doshanu darshanam. And yes, that's one word. <laughs> Janma means what? Birth. Mrityu? Birth. Jara? Old age. That's, that is the root verb geriatry. Yes, it's come from Jara. Vyadhi, affliction, mental, physical, disease, anything. Janma Vrityu Jara Vyadhi, this is a group of four. Birth, death, and in between, it's like a sandwich. Birth and death are the slices of bread, and in between, some rot 
Eating the sandwich is like prarabdha karma. That's what you're supposed to do. If this, you know, if this is not the dukkha doshalu darshanam means see the body and the mind and birth and death as events. And what kind of events? Finite events. The body is fraught with finitude, the mind is finite, senses finite, old age finite, disease finite, death finite, everything is finite. And see that the body is a storehouse, a warehouse of sorrow, as the Bhagavad Gita describes in chapter 8. Dukkhalayam ashashvatam. Ashashvatam, always changing. Never permanent. Dukkhalayam. Dukkhalayam means a, an abode of sorrow. The body is an abode of sorrow. Why? Because it's falling sick every day. If it's not falling sick, it is aging. One more grey hair. One more wrinkle. One more something. One more weakness. One more debility. And then one prides oneself. Yeah, but at least I'm doing yoga. <laughs> Next to the... <laughs> well, regularly. Next day, one cannot even get up. Forget yoga. Some strain, strain somewhere. So, cultivate... Uh, the Lord says, please cultivate objectivity with regard to the body with regard to birth, death, and everything in between. Dukkha means that it is an abode of sorrow, dosha. The, the, the dosha means that it has flaws. And the flaw itself is that it leads to sorrow. Investing in the body solely, trying to make the finite infinite, is an uphill job. So job that is a... It's, it, it's, it has failed before it has begun. Impossible job. When I was in Georgia, there was a mortician that used to come to class in Valdosta. And so I just talked to him. I said, what do you do? How is it to be a mortician? And he said, I just cannot handle this job. Oh, because you have to deal with dead bodies? I asked him. He says, no, 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 the dead bodies are very peaceful. <laughs> they are fine. <laughs> it's the living that are problematic. <laughs> I said, how? This recently, there was a 98-year-old grandma who died. And before she died, she had been bedridden for almost two years. And now, day and night, the family is calling me and saying for her open box funeral, Make her look as though she was she's alive. And then I said to them, when she was alive, she looked half dead. And then <laughs> now you want me to do the impossible. And after she's really dead, I have to make her look alive. Look at the pressure. And then he told me there is dead people's makeup. Apparently, yeah. there's a special makeup for dead bodies. 
And so you have to put that. And if the person who is alive puts it, it will not look nice. It is for people from whom all color has run away. And it is for such, it is that kind of thing. And so the pressure of these relatives to make grandma look alive, that means what? They're, they're not worried about grandma. She is in peace. May, her, may she rest in peace. They are worried about their own mortality. Not being able to come to terms with one's own mortality. And that is what body identification will do. That is what trying to make this, I mean, it's one thing to keep the body going. We have a, you know, we have an obligation, a duty to do that. Naturally, I have to keep this body going. It is given to me as a trust. I have to, I am the trustee of this body. I have to keep it going. I have to do what it, what I need to do. But this is like overkill is what we are talking about. And so, Janma Mrityu Jaravyadhi, with regard to all these things, Dukkha Doshanu Darshanam, seeing that it is finite and not investing in it too much, seeing it as a moksha yatana, as a vehicle for moksha. That's all it is. It should be able to sit, it should be able to sleep, it should be able to eat, it should be able to do a few things. That's enough. Then, Asaktihi. Asaktihi is opposite of asakti. Asakti means longing. Asakti means absence of longing. When there is a sense of belonging, there is definitely an absence of longing. But when that sense of belonging is centered around a human being, then there is always that insecurity that this person will go away. This person will fall sick. This person may die. Or this person may go leave me and go away to some other person. That fear is all, always there. Sometimes it comes true also. And so therefore, the asakti he means loving everything as a manifestation of Ishvara. And that is the same meaning of the next one, Abhishvangaha, Anabhishvangaha. From the same root verb, Saj, to connect with, to identify with. Abhishvangaha, addiction. Anabhishvangaha, no addiction. No addiction with reference to what? Asakkaha Pradara Grihadishu Putra. Putra includes Putri also. My child. Oh, but I don't have children. But you definitely have a dog or a cat. <laughs> that is your child. If not, you have a pet plant. Whatever it is. So, Anabhishvangaha means the absence of a dysfunctional relationship with regard to the offspring. And again, offspring means anything, that, any small helpless thing that you love. And you continue to cast it as small and helpless, even after it's 50 years old. <laughs> in the mind. 
So Abhishwanga means a dysfunctional connection. Seeing the offspring as a continuation of you, as an extension of you. That's why sometimes you hear the parents say, you're not coming out. <laughs> and what will the young adult say? I'm going to wear this only. <laughs> Holy jeans. More holes than fabric. And more expensive than regular jeans. Sometimes they are called distressed jeans. I think that's a kind of an adhyasa. It's the parents that are distressed. It's not the genes that are distressed. It's called genes. Hmm? Yes. Distressed genes. <laughs> to make it look old and tattered, that is the fashion, and it's more expensive to look poor. <laughs> you have to be rich in order to look poor. <laughs> Looking poor is costing money. <laughs> so if they wear that, the parents are very distressed. Why? Oh, other people will think that we cannot afford clothes. <laughs> so you better wear something proper. But who is, you know, who is having the other people think it is which is the disease of uh, which most Indians have. What will other people think? It's the, it's the parents that are having. So that means there is some kind of a dysfunctional relationship with the offspring. There is a fear. And that has to be removed with Viveka, with Vairagya, with these teachings. Then Dara. Dara means spouse, here wife, because a man is being addressed. It's interesting, the word wife, there are three words for wife among many in, in Sanskrit. Bharya, feminine, Dara, masculine. It means wife, but the word is masculine. Talatram, neuter. So Dara, again with regard to the spouse, objectivity. Otherwise what happens? I love you, therefore sit down. What is the connection? <laughs> I love you, therefore you have to listen to me. Who said? Where is it said? This, these kind of a conditional connection are all dysfunctional and lead to sorrow because really speaking you cannot control yourself. How can you control the other person? And you will be it will be a setup for disappointment. Then griham. Griham means what? House. After spouse comes house. Same thing with the house. I went once with Pujya Swamiji to somebody's house. And at the entrance, they said, wait, 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 Swamiji, wait, please wait. So I thought, oh, they're bringing water to wash the feet <laughs> or they're bringing some garland or some arati or something like that. No such thing. Two people came and they rolled up a carpet that was there. And then they said, okay, you can come in. 
Usually oh for a very important person, they roll out the carpet. This is the first time. They roll up the carpet. Ulta. That was a headstand here. Then I was very intrigued. And Swamiji was looking at me. I asked them why I said myself. I can't ask them. When he only decided to ask why. So he, he uh, talked to that person, the domestic head that was carrying the rug away. And what happened here? Then that person said with utmost uh, frankness, candid, no, no, Madam Sonar, Madam said, because Madam means the lady of the house, said, don't put the carpet here because the 11.30 from the skylight, the sun comes and this is a precious Persian carpet from Iran and the sun will fade it. Swami or no Swami? 11.29, they are going to roll up the carpet. Not at 11.32, not at 11.35. 11.29, they're going to roll up the carpet. Because it takes one minute to roll up the carpet. So 11.29 to 11.30, they have to roll up the carpet. The heart is given away to the carpet. This way, the heart is giving away to lots of things. My time with my guru was very, very educational because I had the chance to travel with him everywhere. And so in one other place, uh, they, they said, uh, you know, they, they invited Swamiji to lunch. I also tagged along. And then there they said, these are, these are, we have all these dolls collected. I looked at the dolls, they, for me, they didn't look like much. I would have missed them had the lady of the house not shown these dolls. So then they said, each one costs $2,500. And it's in fact, they are missing one thing from a whole set. They are missing one particular doll. And once they have it, they will, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's like an investment. It's wonderful and everything. And, and they said it's made of China and it's this and it's that. I forgot what the name was. What's the name? Akanksha knows. What's the name of these things? No, but it has a particular name. No, oh, no, it has a name. There is a Yardo, something like that. Lardo, Yardo, something. Yeah. Yeah, so something like that. And then they said, Swamiji, normally we don't allow anybody to touch, but if you want, you can come. <laughs> I don't want the papa of the <laughs> sleeping from my hand and make Then you'll charge me 2500. Heart is given away. Some cup, some little teapot. Yeah. Teapot. Yeah. Of all things. Without that teapot, one cannot live. Bone china. Why do you want to buy bone china? First of all, why is it called bone china? Because it is susceptible to osteoporosis. <laughs> like the bones. It's just going to powder. If you look at it, it breaks. It is bone china. This will be not. 
that you know, the heart is given away to everything, small, small things. And where, for the heart of the matter, where the heart really matters, there is no heart left. There is no heart left to give to the Guru. There is no heart left to give to the Shastra. There is no heart left to give to oneself. To self-knowledge. Putradara, Griha, Adi. Adi means other things, whatever is there. House and relatives, Bandhava, relatives, Mitra, friends, etc. Nityam cha samachittatvam. Equanimity under all circumstances, which is a matter to be cultivated. Otherwise, one flies, one goes up in ecstasy, down in agony. A yo yo life, up and down, up and down. One actually craves a certain equanimity, and it can be cultivated. That we saw in chapter two. Samatvam yoga uchyate. Samatvam. Nityancha samachittatvam. Samachittatvam, equanimity of emotions. is the same as samatvam. Samatvam means response to certain situations. What are the situations? Ishta and anishta. Ishta when things go my way. Anishta when things do not go my way. But that's not how we are. When things go our way, what happens? I'm on top of the world. There's even one song, I'm on top of the world. <laughs> and, then, and then what? Everybody else. I look down upon everybody else because I'm on top of the world. And I'm great and you're not. And the next day the shoe is on the other foot. And then one sits and cries. And drowns in one's own tears. Ishta and anishta upapatti means when that comes. In circumstances, when you gain something or when you lose something, you cultivate a, a sameness. This is not some kind of a stoicism. It's not that you stop laughing and smiling. But you are in acceptance of what is. Again, you don't take ownership. You don't take agency for the good things that happen. You don't take agency for the bad things that happen. You credit Ishvara at all times. Whether credit or debit, it is Ishvara alone. Maicha ananya yogena avyabhicharini bhakti. Is that one word? Yes. <laughs> Mai in me. This is Lord Krishna talking. Ananya yoga. Ananya yoga means a non-separate bhakti. A bhakti which says, a devotion which says, I know I am non-separate from you. Please show me how. That is the devotion. Avyabhicharini bhakti. A bhakti that does not swerve. Otherwise, today, oh, you are wonderful. Ishvara, you are great. Why? Because you gave me something I wanted. Next day, off with your head. I don't love you anymore. Avyabhicharini <laughs> means without indifference. That same fervor to understand Ishvara as oneself is translated as bhakti, which is in fact the pursuit of Atma Jnanam, which happens with a fervor at all times. 
otherwise usually the pursuit of vedanta is has soda can enthusiasm one is all shaken up and then you open the can what happens fountain bubbly fountain and after that flat i have seen this in person classes and also on zoom you tell people you are starting a new text oh ecstatic yay hundreds of people on the first day then 60 people next month 25 people the week after like this this is soda can enthusiasm but here that equanimity is called for in bhakti and that fervor in the bhakti is maintained at all times adhyatma gnana nityatvam a commitment to adhyatma gnana adhyatma gnana is vedanta gnana of myself is adhyatma adhyatma gnana a commitment to vedanta that is unswerving and a commitment to the knowledge of one self as bhagavan and the lord krishna says that this set of 20 qualities qualifications is as good as gnanam because if these are developed in full measure gnanam will take place the knowledge that i am not a samsari will definitely take place it cannot not take place and etat gnanam iti proktam so therefore i won't even call them qualifications i will call them as self knowledge indeed what about everything else that is all agnanam the rest is all agnanam you don't even need to focus on this then the rest of the chapter is describing bhagavan as non separate from oneself it has some very interesting and terse verses i'm just going to summarize this very very briefly it talks about who the i is the i is neither the experiencer nor the experience neither the object of experience nor the subject of experience nor anything that comes in between experiencer and experience like a means of knowledge for example if i am looking at the flower if i'm looking at these flowers then i'm experiencing them in relation to the flower what am i experiencer flower object of experience the eyes which connect the experiencer and the object of experience or what mode of experience means of experience means of knowledge so here there is a threefold division is there not and what is the threefold division observer observer experiencer object of experience and the means of experience what is ishvara all three are ishvara yes and no <laughs> so 
that which is the flower is ishvara correct yes object of experience ishvara and what are the eyes that help the experience to take place ishvara who is the experiencer ishvara of course everything is ishvara but then none of them are ishvara flower is ishvara ishvara is not the you know uh, ishvara is not the flower eyes are ishvara ishvara is not just the eye because ishvara means limitless observer is ishvara ishvara is not the observer then what is this ishvara neither experiencer nor experienced nor the means of experience get that which upholds the experience which upholds the experiencer and that which upholds the means of experience that without whom the eyes without whose presence the eyes are not eyes the ears are not ears in the kano upanishad described as the eye of the eye the ear of the ear the mind of the mind that is ishvara and then again ishvara is not outside of the object object is ishvara ishvara being limitless cannot be the object this is what is left to understand and this is uh, presented through many many and uh, involved verses this is what is needed to be understood the experience is not outside of ishvara experiencer is not outside of ishvara and the means of experience eyes ears etc are not outside of ishvara so then what is ishvara neither experiencer nor experienced nor the means of experience yet all three cannot be without that consciousness that sentient consciousness which is existent and limitlessly existent so for ishvara to be everything ishvara cannot be anything any one thing in particular this is what is talked about for the rest of the 13th chapter how to assimilate this is the subject matter of the 14th chapter gunatraya vibhaga vibhaga yoga and then there is this discussion of the three gunas something that is even going to be in uh, in the later 17th the three gunas what are the three gunas sattva godliness rajas rajas movement when it is in balance and then restlessness anger when it is in imbalance and then tamas inertia imbalance slowness resentment sorrow etc when it is out of balance traigunya vishaya vedaha nistraigunyo bhavarjuna traigunya vishaya vedaha means the vedas are even the vedas are there are three gunas are in the are in the spate of the three gunas the three gunas are like the paint palette of maya shakti that maya shakti we talked about yesterday night that same maya shakti paints the entire universe in the three gunas three primary colors sattva rajas and tamas and that's why you go to an ayurvedic doctor even the food is sattvic or rajasic or tamasic 
And chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, they talk a lot about all this. But sattvic food is pleasing to look at, has a pleasant fragrance and is easily digested. That is sattvic food. Rajasic food has a strong aroma and is spicy or has something. And then tamasic food is what? Peas pudding hot. Peas pudding cold. Peas pudding in the pot. Nine days old. <laughs> that is the is the poem. Peas pudding in the pot. Nine days old. Yata yamam gatarasam. Gatayamam means if his lifespan is over. <laughs> Gatarasam means every vitamin and mineral from it has, has, has flown away. And it has no it has no aroma and and after eating it you get a mild stomach ache and you're sick of yourself for having attempted to eat it. This is tamasic. And as goes the food, when you ingest it, the mental state, the emotional state also becomes like that. So therefore, one eats fresh things. One checks in with the body. The body is a temple for the indweller. Who is Ishvara? And so you check in with the body. You don't sort of, you know, put in... It's, this is not a garbage can. This is not a dustbin. You don't keep putting things into the body just because you can. And so all this and the mental, you know, temperament, the emotional temperament and how to come out of the emotional temperament uh, which, uh, you know, the, of emotions when one is in the grip of difficult emotions was already talked about in chapters and it is going to be talked about it's talked about again in chapter 14 and uh, there the emotional temperament uh, uh, it was described how to get away from that was described as cultivating a conscious dissociation from association with sorrow that is actually the third definition of yoga in the bhagavad gita the first one, samatvam yoga uchyate. Equanimity is yoga, karma yoga. Second one, yoga karma sukaushalam. Doing the action properly in keeping with dharma is yoga. Third one, conscious dissociation from association with sorrow. So when sad thoughts come to the mind, take a walk, open a window, change the channel, do something else. Do not dwell and marinate in the sorrow. That is the idea. And then, when the body and the mind are kept sattvic, then the emotions and the thoughts that come are also sattvic. This is the message of the Gunatraya Vibhaga Yoga. Then we have the 15th chapter, which again describes Ishvara uh, from the stand uh, and the tree, cutting down the tree of samsara with the scythe or the sickle of uninvolvement or objectivity. 
the world is described as an upside down tree characterized by everybody's upside down priorities and this tree of delusion which keeps on reproducing itself like a banyan tree has to be cut with a sickle of objectivity non attachment then again in describing ishvara the 15th chapter talks about this uh, ishvara from the standpoint of three things kshara purusha akshara purusha and uttama purusha what is kshara purusha no that is chara kshara kshara means that which is finite and bhagavan himself will define in the next sentence charas sarvani bhutani sarvani bhutani all the thing bhutas means panchabhutas and bhut you know bhutikas things that have come from the bhutas the whole universe is is purusha is bhagavan but a bhagavan that has name and form who which name and form always is finite bhagavan is infinite as though as though in dwelling a particular name and form called a chair called a table called whatever but then when that form comes to an end that bhagavan is still there as bhagavan so this is kshara purusha then there is akshara purusha and that akshara purusha is called kutastha kutastha has two derivations kute tishthati one derivation kutavat tishthati kuta means anvil now nobody knows what an anvil is what is an anvil ah very good yeah some indian people know yeah you go to the mochi yeah here if you say mochi it's a particular kind of ice cream yeah <laughs> there it means shoe repair wala is called mochi and then he will have some kind of a funny looking iron heavy thing which has certain protrusions to keep the toes and the heels of various shoes so if the heel of a shoe is gone he will hang it on that and then drive some nails and use that and that anvil doesn't go anywhere so if we say kutavat tishthati then it is very easy because that means brahman it's not going anywhere it is unchanging but here we have to take the derivation as kute tishthati and here kuta doesn't mean anvil kuta means kutilayam gatau tishthati kutilayam gatau means she who goes like this like this unpredictable way maya shakti that which is maya shakti is the second purusha ishvara that's also ishvara maya is ishvara ishvara is not maya and then these two will the real purusha please stand up definitely the third purusha is called what uttama purusha stvanyah paramatmetyudhakritah yo lokatrayam avishya vibhartyavya ishvara this is ishvara what is the nature of this ishvara 
neither the the five elements nor the creative force which has brought into uh, brought the five elements to fruition but the one that is uttama purusha uttama means the one that is apart from all this everything is ishvara but ishvara is not any one of them and this is known as paramatma the one who avishya the one who has entered all the three worlds and sustains them also avyaya unchanging ishvara knowing which there is nothing left to know but i still don't know it how come chapter 16 says because there are two tendencies in human beings one is the daivi tendency daivi means what god like tendency and the other one is ungodlike tendency <laughs> and if you see the translation in all these uh, books english translation they are very funny divine and devilish qualities <laughs> we don't have devil or devil minus the d evil we don't have evil we don't have devil and all the asuras the little demonic beings are all devotees with the hubris devotees gone wrong that's all it is we don't have devil devil cannot be a parallel reality to god so then uttamaf purushaha and this uh, anya this is the one i have to know and in order to do that i have to see that the tendencies in me become more and more like ishvara so that i can know that i am ishvara and less and less like other challenged beings whose only law in life is grab 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 they also make a distinct distinction all this is mine and then not yet mine <laughs> if i want something what do i do i just take it oh it belongs to somebody else doesn't matter and that's why there is one notice that uh, asu asuric marriage what is the asuric marriage you drag the person whether they are married or not whether they want to come with you or not you assume they don't want to come with you because who will want to come with you nobody wants to come with you and that's a realistic assumption because you are so badly behaved you just drag chindi snatch bindi break snatch break grab run and then so that they don't come after you, you you set something on fire to distract or to stop them in their tracks you do all kinds of things like duryodhana did and then the lord cautions that even though the, the, this is being talked about as ideal type situations in a very exaggerated manner there is this asuri vritti the asuric tendencies in everybody must be must be suspended must be managed then the 17th chapter talks about various kinds of uh, happinesses that is also there again continuation of the gunas discussion of the gunas there is a rajasic happiness 
quick to come, quick to go. Tamasic happiness. What is tamasic happiness? In the beginning, it feels wonderful. And then after that, <laughs> you live to regret it for the rest of your life. And maybe a few other lives also. Then there is sattvic happiness. In the beginning, it looks difficult. You have to give up so many things. You feel like you're not getting it. But then later on, it feels very sweet. In the 18th chapter, Arjuna asks a, a question. What's the question? Why can't I be a sannyasi? <laughs> I want to know about Tyaga, but couched under Tyaga. I want to know about Tyaga. Can you tell me about Tyaga? What kind of Tyaga? <laughs> Again, the Lord says, okay, we are on the subject matter of Gunas. Let me portray Tyaga also in the same way. So there is a Rajasit Tyaga. Tyaga means giving up, renunciation of some, giving up certain things. What is a Rajasik Tyaga? Like, you know, they write a check which is so big. Not really big in amount. Size of the check is very big. <laughs> and then photos. I am giving. And sometimes, you know, even if I go somewhere, they want to give something. Even a mala, a book. And they say, no, 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 I've already received it. No, give it back. Take it back. You have to pose for the photo. <laughs> I am the one giving. You're the one receiving. Somebody has to see. You have to pose for the photo. And I, they have to smile and give. And I have to pretend to receive because I've already received it. <laughs> so I have to pretend to receive it the second time. That's just sick. Because one has to, one feels. I want to, wherever one feels, I have to be recognized for what I have given. And my name has to come in few places. My picture has to come everywhere. I have to have my photo. I have to have this. I have to have that. I have to get this, get that. This is what is called Rajasik Tyaga. Then there is Tamasik Tyaga. Get angry because I was not mentioned. <laughs> get upset. Put a big, uh, you know, block. In other people's like uh, progress, you're part of a charitable organization and the organizers forgot to honor you, big deal. What do you do? You say, I will not, you're the treasurer. I will not cut the check for the next project because of how you're dealing with me, how you're you know, doing this to me. This is all Tamasik Tyaga. What is Satrik Tyaga? When you, when you don't know that is Tyaga that has been done. Just like, you know, what is it that you're giving up really? When you throw out the garbage every week, do you invite the press <laughs> and show them, I am getting rid of a big bag of garbage. Look at my dustbin. Come look. All the potato peelings. Here you're not giving up feelings, you're giving up feelings, but still, you know, 
you don't invite the press when you, you throw away garbage. So we don't be here. You know you are in a position to give. You know you are giving, whether you are giving or giving up, there is nothing to show off. Because you're just growing inwardly and that itself is the gift of giving. So you give without coming and telling every five minutes, I have given up. I have given up. There's a famous story of a young sannyasi who goes to an older Swami and says, I gave up my wife. I gave up my life. I gave up my house. I gave up my friends. I gave up my bank account. Must not have had much. That's why I gave up. I gave up this, I gave up that. And the elderly Swami listened patiently and then said, Yes, my son, when are you going to give up the giver upper? Give up the giver upper. By which ahankara you have given all this up, when are you going to give that pressure to, to say you have given up? When are you going to give that up? That is the, the real giving up. That is sattvic. Then the Bhagavad Gita talks in the 18th chapter about the importance of steadfastness in what one does and how one is in life to make room for the knowledge. Swadharma. Steadfastness in Swadharma. Meaning, what is it for me to do in this life? And sticking to that, making room for the teaching to take place. And the teaching is very beautifully the essence of the whole Bhagavad Gita is described very well in the verse number 46. Yataf pravrittir bhutanam yena sarvam idam tatam sakarmanatam abhyarchya siddhim vindati manavaha. The human beings gains siddhi, success, accomplishment. Through what? Through the worship of that which from which everything has come, that source from which everything has come, that by which everything is sustained. Oh, how do I worship this being? Through your own karma. Swakarmanatam abhyarchya. Every action properly done is like a flower at the feet offered at the altar of the Lord. Properly done done in a timely fashion, done with enthusiasm, bhakti, devotion, shraddha, respect and trust. This is really the essence of the entire Bhagavad Gita. In this verse, you find the whole Bhagavad Gita. You, in the first line, you find the vision that the, the, the effect is not separate from the cause, and that cause sustains the effect without becoming the effect. And then how to understand this is by doing what you are meant to do with trust, with devotion, with shraddha and bhakti. And the karma yoga is in the second line. And then brahma vidya is in the first line. These, these two comprise the main topics of the Bhagavad Gita. Karma yoga, the way of life, 
Brahma Vidya, the vision of, uh, of oneself as limitless and whole. And then Arjuna has stopped asking questions. Nashto Mohaha, my delusion has been destroyed. Smritir Labdha, I have gained my senses. I have regained <laughs> my senses. Karishye Vachanam Tava, I will do as you say, I will fight this horrible war because I know I'm just a nimitta, I'm just an instrument. And this is what I have to do right now. Because I'm not qualified for the other path of study all the time. I'll go mad. I have to do this and grow. And then the Bhagavad Gita closes with a very sweet verse. Wherever there is a shishya like Arjuna and a teacher like Lord Krishna, there these things will always abide. Shrihi. Abundance, the goddess of prosperity. Vijaya, victory. Bhutihi, material success. We are not averse to material success, but we have to be objective about it. Prosperity, success, abundance, knowledge, victory. All of them abide. And with that, the Bhagavad Gita comes to a close. Beautiful. And this is the study of this Gita. Even simply reading it, if you can read it, bestows blessings. There is a beautiful story of an illiterate farmer that came to a very famous Vedanta Swami, Swamiji Akhandananda. And he came and he said, the Swami did not know he did not know how to read. He said, will you please teach me? I have just purchased this copy from the bookstore. The Swami said, oh, I'm on a six-month tour. I'm not here. But you know what? You read it every day. And then when I come back, I'll teach it to you. And the farmer was very mortified to say that, I don't know, I'm illiterate. I've never gone to, I've never even seen inside of a school. I don't know how to do this. But he had made a promise he will read it. He had seen some people read it. Read it. And he saw them go like this. So he also put his finger on the print. Every day from the beginning to the end. The print came off on the tip of his finger. The tip of his finger was black. And the book was white. Because he had loved up the whole thing. Six months later... Swami comes back and the man says, here, teach me now. Swami sees the book and understands what has happened. And he is very moved by the bhakti, by his shraddha. And it is said that that person became a very good shiva and a teacher in his own right. I don't remember the, uh, the, the person's name. And so the blessing of the Bhagavad Gita is like that. Because it was taught during a war. And then that's why it is timeless. Because even if there is no outer war, there is always an inner war going around. So the Bhagavad Gita is a treatise of moksha, a treatise of inner peace, and a treatise of 
liberation from samsara. Thank you very much. Om Tapasam. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnamadavchate Purnasya Purnamadam Purnamiva Vishvishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Bhyavanamaha Hari Om Thank you.